Welcome to Life Church today. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It is great to see you. Hope you're having a great weekend and have had a great week. And we're wrapping up this series called In This House. And uh, we've been talking about the mission of Life Church um, and what really the mission of the local church. And we flesh that out here at Life Church by saying we're here to lead our lives and to lead people upward in worship, inward in commitment, and outward in evangelism. And uh, today we're going to talk about what that means to live outward in evangelism. So if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to get there in just a minute, Acts chapter 2. And, uh, but as you're turning there, I um, had a friend of mine this past week from North Little Rock, Arkansas, who uh, her mother died, uh, passed away, and uh, I've known the family for years. Uh, she has two older brothers, and uh, all three of the kids are in full-time ministry uh, and um, done an incredible job. I've known her mom and dad for years, 25, 30 years, and uh, I've only known them as just Christian people. I never knew the story of how they came to faith in Christ. And when I read this, uh, Leanne posted this on Facebook, I was like, wow, this is what I'm talking about this weekend. This is what it means to live life outward in evangelism. So as we get into this message today, I just want to read this, uh, this Facebook posting. And, and um, I, kinda, I think it'll make sense here in a minute. She says this, I have many heroes, and of course my mother's at the top of the list. But in her death, I can't stop thinking about the lady who introduced her to Jesus. Her name is Jean Falk. Jean was a talkative goody-two-shoe, as my mother would describe her. But when they were 18 years old, 60-plus years ago, they worked together. And Jean made it her mission to get my mom to church. She was relentless in her pursuit to introduce my mom to Jesus. She invited her to church every time they worked together and did not give up until my, my mom finally agreed to go to a, a singing, which would have been probably a Sunday evening service, and they had different groups that would come in and sing gospel music. Uh, my parents were married, but Dwight and Jean were not. She knew my dad would be mad, and he was. He was ticked. But he went because my mom made a commitment. When he left the service to go get a smoke... This kind of gives you a little insight there. My mother received Christ as her Savior. And when he returned, she had both hands raised and was speaking in tongues. The rest, well, the rest is history that's not stopped. It's a ripple effect that Jean could have never known what was coming. Every person that my parents have led to Christ, driven to church, spent hours counseling, pouring their heart and soul into as a direct result of a brave, unashamed, single 18-year-old girl who was in love with Jesus. First, it was people in their lives, their churches, their Sunday school classes. Then those people ministered to others. My mom and dad had three kids who have ministered to people who are now ministering to others. And they have grandchildren who are and will minister to people who will minister to others. The ripple effect will never stop because of Gene Falk. P.S. Pastor Rod, this would be Gene's uh, pastor. I tag you in this Facebook posting. Because I think every person in your church should know that there is a treasure sitting in the pews every Sunday. A treasure who doesn't want hero status but deserves nothing less. A treasure who just bragged this week on you, her pastor, and she thinks the world of you. When I read that, I thought, that's what it means to live life outward in evangelism. It's not that Gene ever preached a message. It's not that Gene ever uh, got up and, and, and took a text and had a sermon. But Gene lived a life that was contagious. Gene lived a life that was outward in evangelism. Gene's still living that life. And now today, 
there are dozens, probably hundreds, if not thousands of people that have come to faith in Jesus Christ because Jean, at 18 years of age, invited Celeste to come to church. And out of that invitation, Celeste gave her life to Jesus. And then Celeste's husband was saved. And they raised all three of their kids in church. And those kids now are full-time ministers. And they have their children. And it just continues to go. All because of an 18-year-old girl some 60 years ago. Who said, I want to live my life out in evangelism. I could stop there, but I've got a few more minutes to talk. So I'll just keep talking. Is that all right? But that's a, that's, that's a message today. You know, as we read in the, in the early church, they not only worshiped God and went upward in worship, they not only passionate were committed to one another and the fellowship of other brothers and sisters, but they also had a, had a passion for people to experience life change. I've been reading this passage the last two weeks, but I want to read it again for the last time because it describes exactly what I'm talking about. It describes the mission of the local church. It describes the mission of Life Church. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 47. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had, and they sold their property and their possessions, and they shared their money with those who were in need. They were generous givers, just like you, Life Church. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met at homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Not each weekend, not each service, but each, each and every day, people were coming to faith in Jesus Christ. That's the local church. And nothing works like the local church works. And the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. And at Life Church, when we talk about living life outward in evangelism, Life Church is a place where everybody's invited. Everyone's invited. Every single person's invited. And where did you come up with that, Aaron? Well, first of all, we see that that's happening in the New Testament church. But Jesus said in Mark's gospel, chapter 16, verse 15 and 16, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. That word all means all. And that word whoever means whoever. I mean, it, it's to all the world. It doesn't matter the background, the, the pedigree, the, the status, the, the, the color of the skin. To all the world, we're to preach, preach the gospel. And whoever, regardless of where they're from, regardless of how jacked up or how together they are, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so we flesh this whole outward in evangelism with inviting everyone to church. We invite you to Life Church, whether you agree with us or you disagree with us, whether you like us or you don't like us, whether you like the pastor or you don't. Guess what? You don't have to like the pastor to go to Life Church. Amen. I mean, it's just, that's it. We, we invite you. Why? Because we believe that the local church is not for a select few or the frozen chosen, but the local church exists for people who are far away from God. The local church exists for anyone in all the world and whoever of those people to believe in Jesus will be saved. That's the value of the local church. That's what was happening in Acts chapter 2, verse 47. So we kind of do this in a way that we call a strategy at Life Church. We call invest and invite. It's really kind of a value that we have. If, if you've been through Life Track, you've heard this. If you haven't, I encourage you on the back side of your communication card just to simply check that box and get connected because it talks about the values and the doctrine, the design, the DNA of Life Church, kind of how things work here. But it's this, it's this ideology of invest and invite. We encourage you to invest in people. 
I'm not talking about financially, so to speak. I'm talking about relationally, investing in people, just loving people right where they are without any strings attached. I'm not telling you to love them so that you can win them to Jesus. I'm not telling you to love them so that you can bring them to church. I'm just saying just love people. Love people right where they are. And and here's the thing. In the world in which we live, sometimes we think if I love people right where they are, then maybe they're going to think I condone their actions. If I love people right where they are, then maybe other people who are friends of mine, who are Christ followers, may look at me and go, why are you loving those people? Well, we'll talk about this a little bit more in a minute, but you're in good company if that happens because that's what they said about Jesus. He is a friend of sinners. But he loved them right where they were. And loving someone doesn't speak as much about them as it does about you. Loving people right where they are, that's what Christ did for us. He died for us when we were yet sinners. Before we had the ability to choose, God gives us this unconditional love. And so the reality is, as we say at Life Church, man, just love people. Out nice people. I know it kind of wigs people out just to smile and wave. Try it sometime this week. Just wave at people. Hey, how are you? And look, you're like, what? I don't know you, buddy. And just kind of smile. Because people aren't used to people being nice, especially in the world in which we live in. Just be nice to somebody. Just, it'll make you better looking if you smile. I'm just telling you. So the reality is, is just invest yourself relationally in people. Whether it's a neighbor, whether it's a family member, whether it's a coworker, whether it's someone that you interact with. On a day-to-day basis, maybe it's a store clerk or someone at Speedway that you're going to get your gas and your cup of coffee in the morning. Maybe it's a barista at Starbucks. I don't know. I'm just saying invest in people. Love people. Just love them. Don't preach to them. Don't condemn them. Just love them. And what happens is, is in loving people, you develop a relationship with them. And the Holy Spirit... Who is who's more in love with them than you and I are, will open up a door of opportunity at a right time. And they, that person, will invite you into their space. Don't go where you're not invited. Sometimes we think, well, we just got to tell everybody. No, 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 no. You have to develop the ability to be invited into someone's life. And out of that loving someone right where they are, it, you earn their respect, you gain the right you gain the opportunity, and at a right time, you simply then can invite them to what? Invite them either to a relationship with Jesus, invite them to a life church service. Because I understand sometimes sharing your faith or, 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 or giving pastoral care to someone or, or helping someone, it, it can be a daunting task. It can sometimes feel intimidating or frightening or scary. And so we say, look, man, we do weekend services completely designed for people who are far away from God, trying to minister to people right where they are and preaching in a way that someone who's never gone to church can understand. And so invest in people's lives and invite them. Invite them. It's just like this. Hey, man, you know, you, you, you've invested in someone's life and, and then the opportunity comes up and we're talking. It's one, another one of the reasons why we give you invitation cards, invite cards to upcoming series so that you go, I think this would be great for for, for Fred, or I think this would be great for Susan. And so it gives you the opportunity because you know when the right time is, and then you're able to invite them. And you say, man, I want to invite you. We do church at, at, at the Marcus Majestic at the movie theater, and uh, it's called our West Campus. We have a multi-site church. I'll explain that to you later, but, but I want to invite you to come, and then afterwards, maybe we'll go watch Iron Man 3, or, or we'll, go, we'll go grab lunch, and I mean, you got to pay for your ticket, right? But, but I'm just saying, we'll, we'll do that, and we'll connect with people, Why? because you're just loving them. Don't just pass these things, invest and invite, and it'll be amazing, whether it's at the West Campus, whether it's the Germantown Campus, 
how people go, okay, I'll come. Yeah, that sounds like something I want to hear. And I want to see that movie anyhow. If you're buying, I'm really there, right? So that's kind of what happens. And so we do that at Life Church. Let me tell you something else that we do at Life Church. We're willing to reach people that maybe no one else wants to reach. And that means doing things that nobody else wants to do. We're willing to reach people that sometimes nobody else wants to reach, which means sometimes that means doing things that nobody else wants to do. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. I become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. Paul says I'll do anything short of sin in order to reach somebody for Christ. So that's what we do at Life Church. We'll leverage technology, whether it's, it's live streaming the service online, whether it's, it's increasing our, our mobile or digital footprint in a world in which that digital footprint is, is ever increasing. It, it means that we'll go to multi-site, that we'll leverage the technology that we think that video is the, is the stained glass of the 21st century. And so we will take video and we will multi-site the church and we will, instead of asking people to come to the church, we'll take the church to them. And so that's one of the things that, that, we're, that we, we do. And we're believing for physically and spiritually property in the counties of Washington, uh, Waukesha, Ozaki, and Milwaukee County. We, we, we believe passionately that we're going to bring the church in a multi-site type of a fashion. We're, we're going to minister to children and youth. And that means that we're going to leverage everything that we can at the Germantown campus. Man, with the new student center that's going to be opening up in a matter of weeks, with the new early childhood facility that's opening up next weekend, we're going to do all of that. Why? Because kids are social before they're spiritual. And so we're going to leverage that, and we're going to scream out to the world in which we live in, we love you, we love your family, we love your children, and, and come and see this. World life with missions, we're, we're, we're going to do what most people aren't willing to do. And that means we're going to take you on trips, whether it's, it's on a second Saturday, we're going to do a local outreach and, and Waukesha County or Milwaukee County or Washington County or Ozaki County. That means we're going to, we're, we're, we're going to take you on an international trip, missions trips uh, uh, internationally or stateside. It also means that we're going to try to figure out how do we meet needs that are bigger than us. And I'm just going to tell you some things that have been happening with me that I haven't even had a chance to talk to the staff at, at length about. But these are things that are bothering me. We have one of the highest infant mortality rates of any city in America. How do we as the church minister to that need and to, and to help moms and help families in the city of Milwaukee? It bothers me that there are kids in our public schools. And thank God for public schools and God bless America and thank God for the government. But at the end of the day, they're getting a breakfast meal and they're getting a lunch meal. But they're not getting anything to eat until the next morning. What do we do about that? So we've been talking, do we buy food trucks? And do we go, do we go to particular neighborhoods and, and elementary schools where we'll park across the street? When those kids leave, they can come by and get a meal they can take home. Those mamas and those daddies can come by on, on Friday afternoon and get a sack of groceries. And we're just going to love people right where they are. Something else, I have no idea how we're going to do this. But one dream that I have, and I'm just telling you stuff that I have no ability to pay for, all right? But I'm just saying, so, so just so you know where we're coming from. But, but foster kids, I think the foster children in the foster care system, they are the orphans of America. And the Bible says that pure and undefiled religion is to take care of the widows and the orphans. 
What do we do? How do we, how do we minister to those children? How do we facilitate families, maybe in life, in life church, to become foster parents and to minister to those needs? Better yet, what, what if we could build uh, uh, maybe basically a, a, a dozen or two dozen uh, townhome tenant buildings that we could build somewhere in the suburbs of, of Milwaukee that we could take those families and we could say, if you're willing to be able to take in children and to love them and raise them to fear and the admonition of Christ, we will put you in that home. We'll provide that place for you and we'll connect so that those kids have a safe place so they're not abused, they're not mistreated, that they're loved on. Amen. That's the, that's the gospel. And so what I'm trying to say to you is, I'm getting a little excited here, that's what what I'm saying to you is that's what we're all about is anyone and everyone whosoever it's not just us in the burbs that are living our own little lives it's people that are down and out it's people that are up and over amen they all need Jesus so that's what it means we'll do anything short of sin to lead someone to Jesus and if you're here today and you're kicking tires and you're saying, man, I think I may want my family to go to Life Church, you just need to understand if you want a safe church, we're not it. If you want a church that's really nice and contained and the pastor's just going to be very quiet and tranquil and it is well with my soul, this ain't the place, baby. I'm just telling you, we're going to do anything short of sin. And, and again, we hold high the standard of the God's word. You don't need to understand that. We lean on God's word so heavily that if it were to move, we would fall. But we're going to love people and serve this world in which we're called to. At Life Church, it means going out with evangelism means everyone is served. Everyone is served. Each weekend, I have a responsibility to build the believer and to serve the seeker. I like to say it like this, that, that it's a table. That Life Church every weekend is a table, and there are four seats at that table. At, the, at one end of the table... Uh, is me. That's the food. I'm the food dude. My responsibility as a food dude is to serve up the bread of life, Jesus, hot and fresh every weekend. And so as I walk around the table, one seat around that table is a mature Christ follower. And that mature Christ follower is there to be able to link arms with me, and together we serve the other two people that sit at that table. Together we serve God's agenda. Together we serve a lost and dying world. The Bible says it this way in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves. Notice they have not been trained. They've not been professionally trained. They've not been trained by clergy. They have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. What does that mean? That means mature Christ follower. That you are every weekend that you're doing two things. Number one, you're, you're, you're a self-feeder. So you're in God's word and you're in prayer. Because most of what I'm going to preach on the weekends, it will, hopefully it will encourage you. It will inspire you. It will motivate you. But quite frankly, I, I am serving other people at that table. And you and I together are basically, we're kind of double teaming, if you would. You know, you ever watch wrestling? Man, we're tag team. All right. And maybe that's just me. But anyhow, so we're going to do that in order to reach this world. And what that means is, is that this church isn't about you. It's about you and I have an opportunity to basically lead people to Christ, for you, to see people come to faith in Christ, to see people mature in their faith. And what it also means is that you have to be willing to trust that as you and I serve hurting humanity, that God will serve you. Because I grew up in a church that was all about mature Christ followers. It had to be deeper deeper, 
deeper. And nobody got saved. Nobody cared. People fought over things that didn't matter. They blew up and got upset about programs and issues that, quite frankly, didn't matter. And today that church runs 30 people. But what's amazing is, is when we're not a bunch of navel-gazing Christians, a bunch of kumbaya, go-to-hell world Christians, and we just love people, how God ministers to us, how life flows into us, how that happens in our lives. And so what that simply means is that you and I are doing that together. Because you won't get to heaven and say to me, I wish you'd have taken one more offering. I wish you would have challenged me one more time. I wish we would have been more about missions. Oh, no, 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 no. When you get to heaven, you're going to say, Pastor, this is amazing. This is awesome. You talked about this and you said this, but I never really realized it. But look at all these people through missions and through outreaches and then just through investing and inviting and loving people through buying seats and letting God fill them with souls. Look at what has happened. The Bible says great will be your reward. Another seat around that table are those that are new in their faith. You're new either to this faith community or you're new in your faith. And so I have a responsibility along with that mature Christ follower that we're here to serve you. We're here to build you up because there's a season in your life where you're on milk, where, where you're where, just like an infant, but then you get into solid foods. And so the reality is, is every weekend, I'm trying to build you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to minister to you. And, 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 and the greatest thing that can happen in your life, if I can encourage you, is to get involved. Go, if you haven't done Life Track, go to Life Track. And I'll keep saying this, but that's the next step at Life Church. Get involved in Life Track because there you're going to get connected in a life group because spiritual transformation and formation happens in circles, not in rows. And it's going to get you involved in the ministry because something happens in your life when an infinite God flows through you as a finite creature to touch another finite creature, purpose is created in your life. And that happens through serving. That happens through ministry. That, ha- that doesn't happen in a Sunday morning service. That doesn't happen in a weekend service. That happens when you get connected with God and God flows through you to touch someone else and it builds you up. And so we have a responsibility and we will build you. And the last is sinners. There are people at the table every weekend, probably a third of the people that attend Life Church that have yet to make a decision for Jesus. And some people go, I can't believe you've got sinners in your church. You should. That's a healthy church. I'm serious. It's a healthy church. Where else they need to be? <laughs> Where else? And Jesus said he didn't come for the, for, for, for the healthy. He came for the sick. Well, just, just check it out right here. Mark chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked the disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus responds, is it not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick? I've come to call, not to come to call the righteous, but the sinners. He was criticized. Can I just tell you, Life Church, we will be criticized, have been criticized, stand in line and get a ticket. I'm just telling you because we're a church where people that are far away from God said, I, I'm not really into church, but I can hear that guy preach. I'm not really into church, but, man, those people are nice. Because here's the reason why sinners don't go to church. It's because church people are sometimes just mean as a junkyard dog. Am I telling the truth? Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Come on. It's the truth. 
And so Life Church, we're going to be a church where everybody served, where everybody's welcome. What does that mean? That means that if you're far away from God and you don't know if you want to commit your life to Jesus, come on in. We've got a seat at the table for you. We're going to love you right where you are. It's between you and him what you do with that. We're not going to back off our message. We're not going to water anything down. We're not going to pull back on anything. But we're going to lovingly engage you and try to do it the way Jesus did, with truth and with grace, with that dynamic tension of truth and grace, we're going to manage that tension. That's what it means. And at the end of the day, we're here to serve you. Serve the seeker, those who are far away from God. Build the believer, those who are new in their faith and who are mature. Every single weekend. And let me say one thing before I finish. You need to understand that most of the time, we're going to put more of an emphasis on those who are far away from Christ or who are new in their faith than we are on those who are mature Christ followers. Because that's what Jesus did. And if you're a mature Christ follower, here's what I will tell you. You and I, together, we'll change this world. The thing I can tell you is that you and I, together, we'll make a difference in people's lives. If you'll walk with me, and you'll let me walk with you, we will empty hell and populate heaven. I'm just telling you. And we'll see people come to faith in Christ. We'll see marriages restored. We'll see lives changed. And I promise you, God will serve you as you're serving this lost and dying world. The last thing I want to say is that Life Church, do our evangelism, it means that everyone is changed. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This This is the best part of my job, is seeing life change. Nothing excites me more than seeing someone come to faith in Christ. It doesn't matter if 10,000 people show up. It doesn't matter if we were to rent out the Bradley Center, downtown Milwaukee, and pack it out standing room only. The most important thing that happens is life change. It's to see someone far away from God come and find Jesus, to see a marriage that's about to crumble get restored, to see someone that feels lonely and hurting to be ministered to, to see someone who, who is in need of justice be, be, be brought justice to. Nothing more matters to me than seeing lives changed. And at Life Church, we've had countless, countless lives that have been changed. So instead of me just giving you and reading you examples, let me show you some lives and some testimonies of some people who have been completely changed because of what God's done for them here at Life Church. I'm Elizabeth, and I found Life Church about four years ago uh, when I applied for a graphic design position. And at this point in my life, I, I didn't really know what I believed in. Um, I was raised Catholic, um, and I tried to be a good person, but I didn't have a relationship with God, and I didn't really know what that even looked like. So spiritually, um, I wasn't really ready to be on staff at a church, but the first service that I came to, I fell in love with it, so I knew I wanted to continue to go. And after a series of getting involved and um, joining a Bible study and getting to know other people of faith, I started really desiring this connection to God that I saw in everyone else. And um, for some reason, it wasn't happening for me, though, um, so I was struggling with it. But eventually, there was one service that a Jesus painter was on stage here. And I remember communion went around. And just before it got to me, um, I had this feeling come over me of, hey, it's okay. Kind of like 
why are you struggling so much? It's okay to believe. And um, so I took communion, and ever since then, my heart did a complete 180. I, I became a believer. It was a very subtle experience, but a very obvious experience. Um, I, could, I just wanted to live my life all of a sudden to please God and populate heaven. And he blessed me with being able to go on two mission trips out of country, lead and co-lead two life groups so far, and um, do art projects with inner city youth one day a week. And, um, and I just am overwhelmed with how blessed I feel by all of that. And I just want to share it with as many people as I can. And I thank Life Church for that experience and um, really meeting me where I was. And God just kind of took the wheel and took care of the rest. And I'm really excited to see what the future holds. Hi, I'm Phil. And I'm Cassie. I started coming here in 2004. I was a college student. I did not know God, drinking a lot, just completely had no purpose in life. And I got invited here to Life Church. Um, I remember coming and just sitting in the back of service feeling pastor was talking directly to me. And when he asked that question, have you accepted Christ into your heart? I never been asked that before. And I committed my life to Christ that day right here in this auditorium. A couple years later, I was invited to Life Church and started going to a life group and actually met Cassie at the life group. And on this very stage, we committed our lives to each other. And now both of us are on staff. We're both in our true calling here at Life Church. And now we have a beautiful baby girl, Emma Ray. Um, she is going to have a baby dedication here, come to faith in Christ, um, get water baptized. We're just so excited to raise our family here at Life Church. Hi, I'm Kevin. And I'm Donna. Um, I first came to Life Church in 2008, uh, the first week of 2008, um, prompted by my oldest daughter who had been attending Student Life. And she kept on, Mom, you really gotta try Life Church. You really have to try it, it's so different. And so I finally caved in and I came and after my first service and the words that were spoken and the people I met and the fellowship that I saw, I knew driving home that I would never be going anywhere else. And um, I've been to Life Church ever since. And through my experience, I've met wonderful people through life groups, lifelong friends, um, participated in events and seen this church grow. And um, it is a very big, important part of my life. And it has shown me how to put God first, which is something I didn't have before I came here. I didn't want to come to Life Church. In fact, I was resistant to coming. Um, I thought what I was doing was right. I didn't want to go to Life Group because I didn't want to be exposed. I didn't want people to see my anger. I didn't want people to see me for who I was. So I didn't want to come. Again, I thought what we were doing was right. But since we've been coming to Life Church, not only has the Holy Spirit convicted us, um, it's changed our life. Without Life Church, we wouldn't be as far along as we are. We have a long way to go, but you know what? Without Life Church, we wouldn't have a strong marriage as we have now. Without Life Church, a relationship with my children wouldn't be the way that it is right now, and I wouldn't have the forgiveness that I have from Christ Himself. So, Life Church, we're grateful. We thank you. Uh, we're blessed to be here, and hopefully, we can continue to, to keep on being a blessing as well. Thank you, Life Church. Thank you. Hi, I'm Eileen. And I'm John. Um, we chose Life Church because of the uh, exuberant life that we sensed the first time that we visited. 
um, and it certainly helped, I think, to have uh, Pastor Jim mug us when we got home. But uh, beyond that, that that life's uh, uh, that sense of life and excitement that we we felt here when we first visited is what drew us back and uh, helped us to make the decision to become members. Family is so important to us, and we're so thankful that Life Church provides the necessary tools for our kids and grandkids to grow in their own faith. A couple months ago, our grandson Ryan was baptized in water, and that was a highlight for me as a grandma. And not only does Life Church provide the tools for Ryan and our other grandkids to grow in their faith, but it provides our kids the tools that they need to help raise those kids. And so we're so thankful for the changes in Ryan and the changes in our own lives and the changes in our family. And we're happy to be at Life Church. Yep, absolutely. Thank you.